The Study Celta Podcast. Inside the English teaching industry, outside the classroom. Imagine opening the pages of a book to see the letters skip and jump across the page as you read, to struggle to spell words that you write every day, to be able to remember the finest details in a photograph, but not a simple paragraph that you've just read. Welcome to the world of someone with dyslexia. It's thought to be one of the most common language-based learning issues, affecting around 1 in 10 people in the UK alone. But not everyone with dyslexia experiences the same issue. In fact, it's actually a spectrum disorder. Challenges that someone with a learning difficulty face could be only quite mild, for example, forgetting names, to a lot more problematic. There's a website that claims to show what having dyslexia is really like, and it shows an animated piece of text where the letters are perpetually jumbling up and moving around the page. Dyslexia is not fundamentally a reading and writing problem. You know, it's more... It's more about um, how, how the brain functions. That's Phil Dexter, a teacher development advisor from the British Council, whose expertise lies in special education. So, you know, it could be issues like problems with actually sequencing and problems with organisation as well. Um, the, the, the point is it's often reflected in terms of reading and writing. It was only around 10 years ago that scientists started to understand where in the brain language actually comes from. So as you can imagine, we are far way off understanding exactly what causes dyslexia. Even still, we're doing a lot of research into actually supporting students with dyslexia. Specific techniques, dyslexia-friendly classroom materials, course books, handbooks, the lot. But as the movement for supporting English as a second language students with dyslexia charges on forward, Are we forgetting another side to the story? Around the world, um, there's still uh, an aura around the profession of the teacher that sees a teacher as the authority in the classroom. That's Giovanni Licata. He's the head of teacher training at our centre in Rome, Italy. In the years that I've been training, We've had numerous candidates that I thought might be dyslexic, but that have never come out as dyslexic. And I think um, that there is a bit of a, a stigma that they're avoiding there. Are we forgetting that teachers can be dyslexic too? If you view the classroom as a place where the teacher is the only authority, then you will, you're also putting the, the teacher under a lot of pressure because you want that teacher to perform uh, flawlessly all the time. And that, I think, could not be farther from the truth of an ELT uh, classroom. Yes, as much as we may sometimes be deluded into thinking it, when it comes to grammar, spelling and pronunciation, an English teacher is not perfect. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're flawed either. I came across a blog post recently from a guy named Matthew Friday. He's an English teacher in the States, and he actually describes having dyslexia as a gift. It gives me valuable insights into the challenges students face with literacy, he writes. The opportunity to act as a role model for students struggling with confidence, emphasizing the increased capacity for imagination, visual learning, and creativity that comes with dyslexic brains. You 
often hear about people losing one sense only to discover superhuman-like abilities with another. A hearing-impaired child with 2015 vision, a blind man who can tell people apart just from the rhythm of their gait. Well, in the same way, for what people with dyslexia lack, they make up for in several other areas. A study by Scientific American in 2014 found that people with dyslexia were far better at spotting visual anomalies than people without. For example, when asked to memorize a blurry photograph vaguely resembling an x-ray, the respondents with dyslexia were far better able to describe what they'd seen even several hours afterwards. Phil Dexter tells me a few famous names who have dyslexia. There are, are lots and lots of successful people who are on, who are on I'm actually dyslexic spectrum, and many of them very famous, like uh, Einstein, <laughs> for example, um, um, and, and actually Bill Gates, and Richard Branson, etc., etc. And they, are, they have excelled because uh, their strengths are in much more in a kind of big picture strategic way of looking at things, rather than, you know, it's the focus on, on, on details that, that is often a challenge for them. In the same way that English teachers learn to react to the needs of each individual student, their experiences, their personalities, their strengths and weaknesses, teacher training courses are too designed to be flexible around a trainee's capabilities. Giovanni Lecata talks about measures he would take to aid a candidate with dyslexia on a CELTA course. The first thing, for example, would be um, to help them plan uh, their whiteboard beforehand because that, I think, is something that... Um, uh, will you know put a dyslexic candidate at a disadvantage having to produce uh, you know uh, writing on the whiteboard in real time. That's just one of the several strategies an English teacher with dyslexia can apply in the classroom, which, according to Lekata, not only reduces stress on the job, but also helps teachers to better resonate with their learners. They're able to personalize, but they're also able to, like I said, to put certain strategies into place. I think, think for example, about the difficulties they might have uh, in sounding out uh, unfamiliar words. I mean, usually um, learners with dyslexia have difficulties in sounding out unfamiliar words, and that's exactly something that learners, any learner of a foreign language will struggle with. So if, you, if you're able to put strategies into place to sound out any word that you encounter that might be unfamiliar to you, you're able to help somebody else do that. Essentially, a teacher with dyslexia can put themselves in the student's shoes. They know the feeling of difficulty when spelling a tricky word or remembering the finer details in something they've only just read. Phil Dexter also adds that having dyslexia gives the teacher a unique platform from which to engage their students. Often uh, in the classroom, a teacher might put, put some writing on the board and then, and then ask, then ask the learners, um, you know, is that right? Yeah, is 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 that you know, is that good English, or is there anything you know, anything we need to change? Um, and I think it's a very helpful technique, you know, because if if a teacher isn't confident about about his his or her own writing or spelling, you know, it's a, and it's a real way of kind of involving learners. It's a general thing anyway that all of us, you know, we're going to succeed by playing on our strengths. And by working from our strengths, we can then focus on, on areas which, which are maybe more challenging and more, and more weakness. And I think that, that's the fundamental approach, really. But, sadly, there still seems to be a stigma around learning difficulties, especially for teachers. When applying for a teacher training course or a job, 
there's little wonder why one might feel reluctant to include the D word in their application. Giovanni Legata tells me a story about a recent applicant to a CELTA course in Rome. This applicant, you know, uh, completed the uh, uh, pre-interview task, uh, which gets sent before the interview because he was um, uh, going to have a Skype interview uh, from abroad. And the interesting thing was that we, we sent him the, the interview task, and when it came back, I could tell, you know, just by, you know, going through his task that there was something... Um, it was something that stood out as unusual about this task. As in, it was really accurate and really good in some parts and really poor and weak in other parts. So when we started the interview, we went through the whole task, and I could see that his language analysis and his language awareness was fantastic. Uh, but at the same time, I couldn't put that together with his, um, you know, with his writing. So then I asked him, and, and just directly, and I said, well, you know, uh, did you have any ideas to why you made so many spelling mistakes? And he said, well, and actually I was just recently, recently diagnosed with uh, dyslexia. So after checking the proper protocol with the University of Cambridge, who accredits the CELTA course, Lakata provided the student with a second pre-interview task, allowing extra time for error correction. What was the result of the second task, Giovanni? This second task was um, much better, and in fact, not even was it bad. It was actually a strong pre-interview task. So he he came out as a strong can as a strong applicant after the second revised task. Yes, it's an age-old cliche, the old spiel about celebrating our differences. You know, what make us unique. But when it comes to teaching English, the sentiment kind of rings true. Just as the, re- the learners have their different struggles and capabilities, so too do the teachers. Lakata concludes by offering a bit of worldly advice to those in the ELT industry, teachers and students alike. The CELTA course and a lot of other courses, I think, now will, you know, will view the teacher as a facilitator. And once you accept that view of the teacher as a facilitator of learning rather than the authority, then you know that the teacher's writing doesn't have to be flawless and that doesn't have to be produced under pressure all the time. I wish, you know, um, you know that candidates would um, uh, be more upfront about him, more open about him. Uh, I think it would really help them and it would help the world. It would really spread, um, you know, a, a new culture and a more, um, let's say, global uh, culture of uh, of the differences that we have, that we all have, that are special.